It's time to get on the ice. Music City Gold is on the air. With Kyle Hancock, Daniel Mangrum, and Matt Bain. We are Smashville's best fan-driven podcast. Featuring news around the league, the Predators, and the occasional hot take or two. Part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. You're listening to Music City Gold. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Music City Gold on the Penalty Box Radio Network. I am your host, Kyle. With me, as always, my co-hosts, Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, guys. Matt, how you feeling today? Much better, Kyle. Freaking playoffs, buddy. The best time of the year. That's what I'm talking about. What do you call it? Week one, we're all, you can see every night there's like four games on. It gets a little more difficult as the weeks go on because some of the series end and you have less to watch, but the first week is jam-packed with it. Full froth, peak excitement. I'm freaking stoked. And Daniel, what about you? Oh, yeah. I already watched every single game last night and uh, full of controversy already, which we'll get into. So uh, this year's kind of different. The Preds aren't in it. So kind of interesting how like my kind of alliances and like my heart has completely shifted for some of these teams. So it's going to be interesting to see who I kind of like root for and cheer as the playoffs continue and go on. But uh, a lot of former Preds out there still, so we'll get into that list later. But uh, overall, super excited for playoff hockey, finally. I'm excited too. I watched the Oilers and the Kings last night, and I also watched the Wild and the Stars. I didn't get around to the Boston game because I knew Matt would have that one covered for us. Yeah, buddy. But let's get into some league news, and we'll get right after out of this into the playoffs. Matt, Daniel, what happens when Mikhail Granlin goes to the Pittsburgh Penguins? Do you think he would actually be supposed to be playing like he should? Or do you think he can play so bad to the point that the Penguins say, you know what, we're going to fire the president, the GM, and the AGM? Because if the second part is true, I think that's actually kind of a record. Yeah, it's it's full-on clean house in Pittsburgh now. So um, they were kind of like on the fence. I feel like they were actually solidly in a playoff position there for a bit. And uh, then they struggled in down the stretch, and Florida actually turned it on a little bit towards the end there and ended up taking their place in the wild card spot. Um, just a fun fact, uh, Granlin played 21 games with the Penguins since the trade deadline, and then he also got injured once, but he only had four points in 21 games. That's bad. And I'm sorry, but we were having way more production even in our system and our team. So I don't know what happened. I know his production was tailing off this season comparatively, like uh, or comparing it to last season where he was like an assist machine, uh, if you remember. Um, so yeah, actually, like the season before. Okay, so he he had 53 assists the year before. That that that's crazy. 64 points. And he at least had 36 points on the Predators before we traded him. So uh, definitely not a good look. Uh, they're going to be paying that $5 million contract for a while. So Poyle just has this inept ability to get rid of a player right before he takes a nosedive. And I don't understand how he does it every time, but he's done it again. And it definitely looked bad on uh, Ron Hextall. And uh, yeah, they, they started clearing house pretty quick after this. Well, if they were firing Hextalls, they should have took Leah Hextall with them. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired of hearing her commentary, but sidebar, sorry. That's okay, Matt. So we'll move on down to the Anaheim Ducks. Besides of uh, Coach Dallas Eakins not returning as a head coach, 
the Ducks have also been given the highest chance of winning the 23 lottery draft, 18.5%. Really? Do you have the breakdown? I wonder what's next. Like, I bet the next best team is like, like 13, 17. 13 or 15 range. It's, it's, it's significant, actually, from first to second. So Okay, that's better um, than my, my last recollection of was that it was like the year two or three ago when when Detroit was like in the top two or three spots. But remarkably, the team that deserved it most, maybe this was Buffalo a couple of years ago, that they the team that deserved it most never won because the second right. and third place teams always had like a 15%, 13% chance. There wasn't much of a, there was not a majority chance that the worst team in the league actually got the best pick that they deserved, which I thought kind of stunk. But. Yeah, it's it's on screen now, so it's 18.5 and then down to 13 point five for Columbus. So I was right, thirteen. So yeah. I mean it's significant, but it's gonna be one of those three top teams you, more than likely. You call it that. You call it significant, which is an interesting perspective. The the I'll take the opposite viewpoint in that the Ducks having eighteen percent, that's less than twenty percent chance that the worst team in the league gets the best pick, which is what they deserve. I don't like that. I wish the top three teams all took up say 75% yeah. as opposed to what is it top three teams take up to uh, maybe 40% now. Yeah. Uh, it I, just makes me nervous. I, because I fully agree because the Red Wings were on the other side of this like a year or two ago where they were like, I think second or third and they still didn't get really, you know, a high pick. And I understand, but I mean, Hey, the Red Wings are still in the Bedard sweepstakes though for 5%. So you got to take that for what you want, but it is kind of, kind of funny how they do the distribution as far as the odds here so Kyle but what happens you know with Bedard say that the um, Anaheim Ducks don't get him and say he ends up going to a team like the Senators or the Canucks or even Lord forbid the Penguins or the Capitals teams that are historically you know do well or teams that historically do really bad and not go to a team who actually could use him say like the Coyotes yeah well I think uh, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw somewhere online where the first pick cannot go to anyone like past 11, even though I don't know why they have the odds on here. I saw that somewhere. Now we can Google that and try to figure that out because like it would be crazy. Well, the Nashville Predators are on this list at 0.5%. Well, like what are they going to have one ping pong ball in the, the mix of all that? I don't think they actually have a chance of winning it, if I'm correct in that statement. But I think it's only the 1 through 10 worst seeds uh, in the draft lottery will actually have a shot at the number one overall pick, which we can look that up. But I I saw somebody online tweeting that, so kind of interesting, which kind of still doesn't make sense why they have this distributed like it is. So then why would you not take those percentages and just give them to like the top one, two and three seeds like Matt was saying? Yeah. Maybe this is supposed to discourage teams from tanking because if you, if you know for a certainty that you have say what I would want is for the first team to honestly have like 60% chance of that happening, maybe 70, honestly, because I think the worst team should have the most fortune in helping them rebuild their franchise. But when you do it that way, 60% as opposed to 20%, you have a much higher likelihood that teams might intentionally tank for that prospect uh, if it's a guaranteed. At least this way, with the distribution, you don't necessarily know for sure. So it might prevent tanking. I don't know that it does, but... 
Yeah, because you see, like, okay, here the here are the odds for the first eleven teams eligible for the number one pick. So it's only the first eleven teams. So apparently, the Canucks would be technically in a part of that. But it is strange that it's just the first eleven. So I don't know. Kind of an interesting sidebar that I saw online. So kind of wonder if the Blackhawks, if they get Bedard, do you think they'll go on another dynasty run? But Matt, you're giving me the finger over there, but look what they did to your boy, Jonathan Taves. They will not re-sign him. This was his last year of an eight-year contract. Love the Blackhawks, hate the Blackhawks. Taves is respected by a lot of people. He turns 35 on April 29th, and Taves even said it caught him by surprise when he was told he was not going to be re-signed. But he said he has no hard feelings against the organization because he knows it's a business at the end of the day. And he was the last remaining player from the Blackhawks core group that won the cup in 2012, 2013, and 2015. You got some strong feelings about this, Matt? Yes. (laughs) Hugely strong feelings, Kyle. I have been moaning about this for days. Me, even my wife has joined in on the discussion. Um, It's a travesty. I think they have, they've lowballed my boy, Jonathan Taves. You know that I have a bias for, I always want my players to retire with the team they played their whole career with. He's respected. He is the face of the organization, him and Patrick Kane. Of course, Patrick Kane is now left, and he kind of did it. He wanted to leave. Uh, makes sense. I mean, the organization, you know, they're not in playoff mode. Your boy, Duncan, my boy, Duncan Keith left. Kane just kind of was indifferent, wanted to leave. Taves, I could understand why if Taves wanted to leave, but it wasn't that he wanted to. They forced him out. They just told him, we're not going to re-sign you. And I think that is such a slap in the face. He is the face of the franchise. Won him three cups. He's the captain of your organization, and you're going to lowball him like that. He's got. He's played, what, 16 or 17 years. He's got one or two years left in the bag, and you're going to lowball him like that and and not and just deal him to somewhere. It's not sign him. Not even trade him. Just, we're not even going to sign you. I think that freaking sucks. Uh, and it's likely that he won't play anymore because of that. Some people say, "Well, he, you know, he could go be a free agent and go sign somewhere else." I think he's just going to be done. He played his whole career here. He should have had a year or two as a swan song just to say thank you and go out gracefully. But this organization, just like Vegas did with my boy Flurry, and somebody else did this again. Uh, uh, Jonathan Quick. This is an all too often occurrence, and it just it upsets me because I think you ought to honor those glory days. What a glorious run the Blackhawks had! You need to let the fans kind of have have a little head tip to the nod to a nod to the to the fans on this one. You're just going to do my boy Jonathan uh, Taves dirty like that. I'm upset, Kyle. I I don't think there's any way around it. He says there's no hard feelings, but you know there absolutely is. It just seems that ever since. Here's here's another thing, interesting perspective. My wife said, um, she said, do you think it has anything to do with that um, situation a couple of years ago where they had the sexual assault thing in the organization? And they, she was like, do you think they're trying to get rid of all the players as a fallout to the repercussions of the bad media they got from that? And I said, well, that's an interesting point of view and one I did consider, but I don't think so because that would that came out like what a year or maybe two ago. It's too far gone now for that to be like in the cards of what is a, is being used as a fallout. I think it's unrelated. I think the organization is just really a crap show right now, and and that really sucks. Yeah, I, I mean they they have been a garbage fire <laughs> for the last like two years, really, and uh, you can tell there's no loyalty. This year was a weird year because, like you were saying, you know, 
you kind of want to see people retire there. It was nice that like the Predators did that with Peck. You know, like I'm pretty confident fans would have rioted in downtown Nashville if we would have got rid of him. Um, So that said, seeing, you know, like Tays leave and then they've dealt Kane and then you also got, you know, the whole quick situation, which by the way, in one of my, I made two brackets this year just for fun because like who who cares? Like I have the one with our league and then I have just kind of like my own personal one. Well, spoiler alert, one of them, I put a matchup with the Kings yeah, and Vegas, Vegas. <laughs> just on purpose because I want Quick to beat them in the second round. Anyway, um, if that matchup happens, I'm going to Vegas 100. You're welcome to come with me, Kyle. We'll Let's do it, Bros trip. Bros trip to Vegas. We'll we'll do it. That would be an incredible uh, matchup. Uh, Are you rooting for Flurry or Quick? Uh oh, totally Quick. Quick is uh, Flurry's in Minnesota. Oh, what am I thinking of? Oh, he, yeah. he did play. No, for I'm Vegas. saying like quick. Yes, quick is now playing against the Kings. Oh, yeah, I yeah. would love to do that. There's a ton of former Predators on the 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 Kings now too, so that would be really fun. Um, but yeah, totally. Like it, it's just been a weird year as far as like uh, I don't know the loyalty aspect. There was a lot of trade deadline drama um, and uh, a lot of deals this year. So um, I guess that is to be expected on a record-setting year as far as that's concerned. But um, outside of that, man, it, it it's just crazy to think that this year, you know, we don't have the Predators in there. So it's been kind of nice just to kind of have like an unbiased, just fun, relaxed bracket this year. What are you going to say? Let me throw this out your way. Not only did the Preds not make it, the Pittsburgh Penguins didn't make it, Ovechkin didn't make it. I saw a stat that said this is the first year that OV and yeah. Sydney didn't make it since like 07 or I think it was 08. I said that in our group chat. It was isn't that crazy? So it's the passing of the guard, really. You gotta you gotta think all these other players are now getting old and all a lot of the cores are aging out. So like as much as you love Boston right now, this core probably only has another couple years, really. They took a bunch of really good team-friendly contracts but like it's crazy how the league just shifts every so many years but like these are staples that have been around since like i was a kid yeah. watching to hockey. to your point ovechkin's not in the playoffs sydney crosser's not in the playoffs jonathan taves patrick kane duncan keith don't play for the blackhawks anymore it's like what year is it yeah like and me and me and Emily were discussing it, and she was kind of getting a little emotional and wanted to quit talking about it because the point I was making is this is what I call the glory era of hockey, what I grew up on. I grew up on Blackhawks being a powerhouse. I grew up on Sydney in the in the uh, in the playoffs, stuff like that. And it's like none of that is around anymore. So it's like a changing of the guard, a dynasty begone. It's like what you loved about hockey isn't here anymore. So you better come to grips in terms with that some way and it's kind of sad to have that realization it is sad but at the same time too there are new storylines that are going to be written over the next couple years if you think about it like that so we've had we have mcdavid in the league you have bedard coming in you have all these other storylines that are going to be cropping up and there's going to be new rivalries that are made based on you know who are these players getting drafted into you know what i mean like these generational players are getting drafted by certain teams and then therefore there will be different rivalries because i mean listen we love penguins and, and the caps in the playoffs the last couple of years that's been excellent first round a lot of time 
matchups um for us to watch and like kyle loves him some ovi like it's fantastic like you know that that's the thing but it is going away in the next two years you're basically not going to have that anymore but there will be other storylines that crop up and there'll be new rivalries and new matchups just like you know that started when we were a kid well there'll just be new stuff that starts now um I just needed to hurry up and manifest so uh, we get some, you know, more juicy storylines. Like, you know, like maybe Toronto will actually win a first-round playoff. Oh, goodness. So when I was up in Canada a couple of weeks ago seeing my in-laws, we went to a friend of theirs' house who is a, who is a diehard Maple Leafs fan. This man is like in his late 60s, early 70s. And I asked him, I said, how do you think your Maple Leafs are going to do? And he goes, don't talk to me about these until they get out of the first round. He was already there with it. He's like, it does not matter how well we did this season. He goes, if we can't get out of the first round, he goes, the season is a failure. That's that's a terrible way to look at it, but you know, you really think about it because you got you know you got the Leafs playing the Bolts. We saw this same scenario last year, and the Bolts won. And you know, they say that the edge has kind of be given to the Leafs this year because the Bolts have tailed off towards the end of the season. But the possibility is there that the Leafs could choke, and the Bolts go on to play the winner of Florida and Boston. That is a little bit of a harsh perspective, but I think by and large that is the shared perspective of all of Toronto fans because they've been living it for 10, 15 years or whatever, at least the last three or four years. We want a second round of birth, and that's the sentiment that's shared by the whole fan base. It sucks. It's like live or die by the sword, and that's what they want. And by God, if they don't get it, they're going to have a meltdown. But uh Yeah. I am of the opinion still, what I still had of the opinion last year is that Toronto just doesn't have the playoff experience. They can't hang in those situations like like uh, Tampa Bay has. Even if you got veterans who are tailing off, don't care. You still got your boys there. You still got a hardcore uh, core there who's got playoff experience, and they're gritty and tough, and they're not going to back down like this silver spoon mama's boy that Toronto team is. Yeah, uh, Toronto's lost six straight first rounds. <laughs> that, that's historically epic, in my opinion. And before that, they missed the playoffs three years, and then they missed the they lost in the first round in 2013 as well. So technically, like as far as their playoffs are concerned, last seven first rounds they've lost in. That is bad. I mean, like, uh, yeah. To to his point, I can see why he has no faith. Like, I don't have faith in him. Like, I'm sorry. Like little precursor into my bracket i need you to prove me wrong one year for me to advance you in my bracket the trend will reverse but it's a lot harder to predict the trend reversal than just sticking with the current trend because past is the greatest predictor of the future and if you've been seeing a trend it's likely to continue it's it's up here at this point because the group that they have is like a super team and they should have won at least one in the last couple years but the problem is they get to that first round and they know it's the first round and they know all the stats and they know the history. And it's like, they're almost like tight grip in their sticks, you know, because they, it's, it's a huge mental block for this team because this team does have playoff experience. This team has got some incredible generational players but, on there too, but they can't get over the hump and they can't get past that mental block. So, and a lot of that talent they're not really distributed far down the roster as far as depth of scoring. You got Mitch Marner, you got Austin Matthews. These kids are young, and whenever they are streaky in in the playoffs, it gets in their head. They don't know how to perform under this pressure. That's what Mitch Marner did last year. He just absolutely choked up and went stone cold. 
he's young and doesn't have experience. He's a great player, but you put them in these circumstances they're not comfortable with, and they're bound to possibly have some ill effects on them. Since we're talking about the Bolts and the Maple Leafs, I'm fair to say to assume that both of you pick the Bolts to beat the beat the Leafs in round one. I mean, we can start going over brackets now. First of all, I have to pre you know the precursor to this was the East took me way longer to figure out than the West. I'm pretty confident that was the same for all of us. Are we in agreement? Like the 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 East was way harder as far as like my picks. West was just kind of like okay. The way I put it as the West was just kind of set it and forget it, and then the East it really did. I was I make when I was making my bracket last night. I went back and forth a couple of times, and I finally was just like, no, I'm going to go with what I originally said. Because I originally, just spoiler, I originally had Boston going all the way to the final. But I was like, history has proven wrong so many times that the person who wins the President Trophy's Cup never gets past the second round. I was like, I just think they're going to tell out and burn. So I ended up not putting Boston as my end to the last, into the Stanley Cup final. But so we'll start with you, Matt. Between Boston and Florida, who did you pick? I think uh, I think we can universally figure this one out. Go ahead. I know it's ironic. I'm wearing a Florida Panthers jersey. <laughs> I know that's why it's we singled you out. He but, walks uh, in here with a jersey, and I said, "Really? Why? You're wearing a Florida jersey?" I said, "You don't have a Boston jersey." Yeah, honestly, Jer- uh, Kyle, my Boston jersey is a little tight, so <laughs> I didn't want to put that one on camera. Um, but I've been preaching Boston all season long. I got to ride him at least through the first round, Kyle. My boy Bertuzzi was hot last night, son. Yeah. He was being a rat, too. Oh, it's good games over in Boston. Actually, it was a good game, though. Uh, it was a good game. It was a good game. So I'm, I'm not nervous, but um, I've got a little clinching in the back there. I put Boston in five. Did you do four? You went you, sweet, buddy. You went, ooh, I'm going ham you went with Boston. full send, which is, I mean, but after last night, it did give me faith that, like, I think Florida can steal one game yeah it's reasonable for sure uh definitely reasonable but at the same time too like i was definitely on the fence of like do i put four do i do five like that was one of those ones i'm like man i don't know because like boston's so smoking hot right now but florida was going hot into the into the series because they did come back from the ashes so i was like they're hot too so i'll give them at least one game benefit of the doubt looks like kyle pick what do you got i got boston and five okay y'all just gonna hold hands like that Hey, that's that's a smart choice. Statistically speaking, that's yeah. What but will see, happen. I'm going for those hot takes. Nobody cares about your five and six uh, games. You know, we only care about going seven. Uh, or going I got sweet. I got some sevens, so don't worry, don't worry. Well, then let's go down to the next one. We've got Toronto versus Tampa Bay. You two both picked Tampa. I picked Toronto in seven. What did you guys put? I put Tampa in seven. I got Tampa in six. That's gonna be a good one. Th- I think you don't, don't want to hold hands, great. Matt, with us. I don't think so. I mean, but it's going to be a good series. It went like, it went seven last year, I think. It was seven last year, of course, because you know fans were like the Maple Leaf fans were just losing their minds. Um, I do think this year Toronto has a better team than the Lightning um, overall, and Tanner Juneau is out right now too for the Lightning. He still hasn't gotten back in the lineup, so. I will say, uh, so yeah, I, I will. Oh, actually, if you look at these stats, here you go, Dan. You're going to like this. On NHL.com, they have these stats. You can click on the matchup and click. Yeah, There's yeah. a statistics bar. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the Leafs have more points this year. They have equal points per game. They give up less goals per game. They have a higher power play, and they have a higher penalty kill than Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's they have very, a it's better very team. slight, though. Like, if you look, I mean, like, the power play is 20, they're both 25%, and they're both 80% on the penalty kill. Yeah, it's like, very marginal. Statistically speaking, it's, it's, they're all within margin of error, except goals against per game. That's the only one that really stands out. Um, but that said, it's the Maple Leafs, so I don't care about stats. So um, you got to go with you got to go with some heart, Daniel. Yes, that's kind of what I what felt. We did, so I'm okay. Like I just want to see them lose again in the first round. So that's why I picked it. <laughs> well, I'm the outlier on that one. So let's go down to the bottom half of the East, and you've got oh I'm Metro One oh, bottom half Carolina Hurricanes versus the Wildcard One, which was New York Islanders, and I put the Carolina in five because I do think New York Ooh. will steal one game. Didn't do the four. Don't have much faith in that. I couldn't see the games going seven, though. And I couldn't see six, but I think Carolina is going to do it in five. And they did win their game last night, two to one against New York. Sebastian Ajo with a point, uh, Nosen with a point, and then Pulak with a point for the Islanders. Carolina throwing the body around just a little bit, but I think uh, New York will probably either steal game two or probably end up stealing game four. Matt, what do you got for this? Yeah, I have to agree, Kyle. I like. Here's a little insight, peek behind the curtain. I like the Islanders, but I didn't have it in me to pick a wild card team this year. I just don't have faith that they can upset a one seed. Um, I got Carolina in six. Baby, I got a good juicy take on this one. So I got the Islanders in seven. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. And I said this year, like I said, I threw caution to the wind. I wanted to pick a wild card. I wanted to pick one good, really good upset for the first round. This is it. And the only reason, and now you look at all the advanced stats. I love my stats. Carolina's really good on special teams. Like, really good. So the key for the Islanders is they cannot take a lot of penalties. Like, they're going to have to keep it five on five. But I think the one thing that could save the Islanders is Sorokin because he's having the second best season or goaltending season behind Soros as far as hot being like goals, uh, uh, his um, goal saved, goal saved above expected, expected, second pretty much. There's some sites that have Linus ahead of him, but from what I've seen aggregated across multiple statistics sites, uh, Sorokin is the second best overall goaltender in the league right now. So he's smoking hot. Last night, I mean, how many shots on goal? Did Carolina have like 40, 45, and it was still a two, two goals against game? That, that shows me that Sorokin can't keep it within reason. It's just, will they be able to have enough offensive firepower to be able to get over the hump and steal a couple games? Well, one thing I like unique to the Islanders is that they play a system that none of the other teams play. They like to play more of a defensive, shutdown, low-scoring game. And a lot of these other fast teams, Carolina's one of them. They're fast. New Jersey's fairly fast. Everybody's going towards speed and quickness. And New Jersey just, I'm sorry, uh, Islanders just play a style of game that's different from everybody. So it's almost like throwing like a change-up pitch to a team who's used to seeing fastballs all the time. It throws teams for a loop, especially, it won't be the case for Carolina, but if you if you can get them down further in the bracket against teams that they haven't played as much, It'll really throw them for a loop. Yeah. So I like that pick. I, I, it was def, definitely a wild card pick. They had 37 shots on goal, and they only had two goals. So that does prove my point that 
Shrokin can be elite, but they just they're gonna have to somehow find that offense just to get like the two or three goals needed. Like if they can score three goals in a game, they're probably there's a good chance they might win the game. You know, like to Matt's point, they don't want four, five, six goals. Like they only need three with Shrokin. So uh, that, like I said, very uh, hot take on that one. But I, I do, I feel comfortable with the pick, even though they lost last night. They did look really good. It was a very competitive game. So, so Matt, what do you have Carolina beating the Islanders in? I got Carolina in six. And Matt, I'm sorry, not Matt. Daniel, what do you have Islanders beating the Canes in? Seven. Yeah, it, okay. It'd have to go to seven because so five, six, seven, close enough. All right, now let's go down to the last uh, game in the bottom half of the East bracket, which is New Jersey Devils against New York Rangers, and I picked the Rangers beating the Devils. As Daniel and I have talked for, New York loaded up on the trade deadline. Yep, they've been surging ever since that happened. Patrick Kane's over there now with them too. They got Artemi Panarin with them. I mean, they've been doing fantastic. And you look at the stats that NHL provided, you look at goals per game, Devils are at 3.4, and the Rangers are right behind them at 3.3. And every other stat in this list is basically neck and neck. The only real big difference between these teams was the points that was scheduled. And the majority of those 98 points that the Rangers picked up was on the back half. And so I said that the Rangers are going to beat the Devils in seven games because I think it will take seven games to get just for this game to get done. Daniel? I said Rangers in six. And this is technically an upset because they're the they're underseed. But I'm sorry, like as we said, ever since the trade deadline, this team has been lights out. They've been killing it. They had a stretch of like three games where they scored like 18 goals or something stupid because it was like the Preds and somebody else back-to-back. They scored like 14 goals in two games. It's pretty impressive, their offensive firepower right now. They have Kreider, they have Tarasenko, they have Kane, they have Zabinajad. Like it's, oh, Zabinajad has been so good this year. Yeah, he's and he's been on fire, and they still have great goaltending with Shesterkin. So they are the team, in my opinion, that could make a really good run. They well, are the team that can make a good run. So well, I breaking them news over, real quick. I know they're already up two zero in two the zeros first period over the Devils, Matt. And guess who scored? Kreider and Tarasenko, the two that I just mentioned. So. Uh oh, I see a frowny face over there, which means that's a visitor ice too. We're in Jersey tonight. Yes, yes. So they might be stealing one on the road to start. Well, it's still early, Daniel. Come on, still early, but we'll see. So I guess we're gonna transition to Matt, whose pick is obviously not the New York Rangers. Yeah, I've got Jersey in seven. I'm I'm very interested in this series. This was a hot one. I think we all kind of speculating that's going to be. Um. I like my underdog teams. Everybody thought when Jersey came out and was hot this year, they led the league, I think, at one point. At the start of the season, they were like number one or number two before Boston got up there. Um, it's like Dallas was, I think it was 2017 when they made the cup finals run, and they were like a nobody team that nobody cared about them. Jersey hasn't been hot in years, and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs and they're a two seed. I'm going for it, buddy. Yeah. I like my I like I, my junkyard dog teams that have, that have something to prove. They hadn't been here in a while. So they feel obligated and are motivated to make it happen, as opposed to teams like, say, the Rangers, who have been a little bit sleepy. Maybe it's not quite since the Shesterkin era, but they've been a little sleepy. They, they, they don't really have a thrust to perform at excessive levels to go to multiple rounds. They're, they're tiresome. They're aging. Jersey is hungry, 
and I like that in a team. They're what they're what Boston or what uh, Dallas was to me a couple years ago. I like them, and I think they're going to edge it out. They have a depth of scoring. I do think Shosturkin is the X factor, but if he's off one night, I don't know that uh, the Rangers can match the depth of scoring that uh, Jersey has. I will say this: the Ranger or the Devils are high flying, very fast young team, and I will say that I actually selfishly kind of don't want the Islanders to win. I want Carolina to win and New Jersey to win to see that series. Could you imagine a Carolina New Jersey series? You're talking like five, six goals a piece per game and all nonstop action. I mean, you're talking 40 shots a game, at least from Carolina. They always get their shots on goal. So like, yeah, um, kind of part of me wants that matchup to happen because I think that would be probably one of the fastest paced series games we've seen in a long time. Cause you always have one team that kind of balances it out. Yeah. That, that would be incredible to watch. Now we'll swing over to the top of the West and you've got defending champions, Colorado avalanche versus the upstart Seattle Kraken who Matt's boy, Ellie Tolvanen is on. Oh, smoking it too. Kyle. And even though Tolvanen has been having a good season and the Kraken, you know, showed out and did well enough to get into that playoff spot. Barely. They struggled. They were doing good the first half and then they struggled mightily. And it came down to, I think it was, what, the three-way race almost between the Kraken, the Jets, and the Preds at one point. Yeah, they, 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 they had a couple of wins towards the end there to seal it, but it did get a little hairy for them. I was like, they they definitely were at, well, I mean, they were like a third or second seed in the Pacific at one point. So they definitely tailed off towards the end of the season, which is uh, not a good sign going into the playoffs against the Avalanche. So. Yeah. I thought it was humorous that uh, Kale McCarr is magically back in the back into the uh, roster now. The playoffs have started, but I decided that the Colorado was going to take this game and take the series in six against the Kraken. That's six. Six. Very generous. bold. Very bold on the game. Pred- I mean, generous, Kyle. Very generous with that. So uh, I did Colorado in five. Let's go. So uh, I, I think Seattle can maybe eke out one. Just. Once again, statistically speaking. I don't know that they can even do that. Uh, yeah, like, but isn't Landeskog still out? Yeah, yeah okay. I think so. So that's why I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But I knew Makar was coming back. Makar, they've been kind of like really babying him the last yeah. month because they're like, oh, we know the playoffs are coming. We don't really need it because the team is still like pretty much stacked. Okay, like they, they're doing this without like Landeskog and they still won first in the Central. And without Makar. Yeah, they're going to be just fine. And Makar's back now, so yeah. Uh, Colorado in five, yeah. and it might be four. We'll yeah. see. See, here's the thing. Seattle has has these, uh, as I just alluded to, they have this darling uh, kid brother nature about them <laughs> that I you would think I should be all on board yes, with. Yeah. They're a fresh team. They're a bunch of upstarts. They got a bunch of rejects that nobody wanted uh, <laughs> from their picks. Um, but here's the thing. I just don't like them. So I don't care that he's, <laughs> I don't like them. That's- Sorry, uh, they're not my team. Uh, I won't give them the same good graces that I'm giving Jersey. And even if I wanted to, Colorado is a freaking powerhouse. So even if I wanted to like them, they're going to get pants in the schoolyard and they're going to be lucky to not get swept. I agree. I agree with all that. I just love it. <laughs> they're not my team. So <laughs> I know I'm sitting there thinking I should say something else, but nah, that's it. 
We're gonna we're gonna move on. So we're going to Dallas and the Wild. And I watched this game last night, and I picked Dallas in six over Minnesota. Uh, even though I still have 23 hours and six minutes to change my bracket after watching last night's game, I'm still going to say Dallas is going to eke it out in six games because Dallas is a much faster team than the Wild. Robertson's doing great. Ottinger is a beast of a goalie. Um, but the Wild do bring that physicality with Reeves and Dumba. And then, Matt, did you see the thing that happened last night with yeah. Pavelski? Yeah, they of, bring some type of physicality. Take your head off and give you on concussion protocol kind of crap. Watch my mate's head bounce off the freaking yeah. ice from Matt Dumba. Piece of trash that guy is. Yeah. I knew Matt was going to be livid because I just said, Dumba hit, oh my, and I'm like waiting for Matt and our text to reply, and I'm like, yeah, it, it that was a nasty hit. Like, it was blindsided, and the best part is they reduced it from a major to a minor penalty, and then uh, was it Domi, because of retaliation, got the 10 minutes, so he was out for 10 minutes. They were down like three forwards. Yeah, that's a piece of junk. So, ironically, the broadcast mentioned last night that the whole reason they could make it a five-minute five-minute major was so they could review it and then see if it needed to be a five-minute or if it could go down to a two-minute. And do you know what injury brought that rule on? Yes. The Pavelski. Yeah. Pavelski got hit prior the in the playoffs. The, the game that changed everything. That was the one where they got like all those penalties and then it like just destroyed the franchise because basically Vegas came storming back. Remember? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and it like eliminated the sharks. So, and then from there, basically the sharks just tanked into oblivion. So, yeah. So they made that rule because of that. So, and ironically enough, it happens to him again. And he got absolutely creamed by Dumba and it was a bad hit. I cannot believe like they reduced it. It was pretty bad. I, I thought this game and the Edmonton game, just to flash forward a little bit, uh, the refs, definitely weighed heavy on the games, which you don't want to see. Yes. Um, I don't think they got the right calls in certain times. Like, this one definitely should have been a little heavy-handed. Like, they should have called this one, like, for sure. Um, Where the Oilers game, I was kind of like, mm, probably not calling that. You know, like, it's just one of those, like, it just is what it is, but you, you kind of hate to see it. I thought a couple of years ago they changed it to where all these calls had to go up to Toronto. That way... You could eliminate any potential bias, like who's that referee, uh, Tim Peel kind of incidents where they intentionally favor certain teams. I thought those Toronto are, was supposed to deal with that. Alleged, it's not been proven. Well, yes, still we see a lot of it, and there's a lot of uh, happy accidents that seem to happen with certain referees and calling calls or no calls during this game. Just like we saw, that's not what you want to see on game one. We had multiple games that had these game deciding play uh like calls on the ice that happened and what they let happen and that's not what you want to see so it is just it is odd see it's weird for me because you know we always joke that the wilds kind of like the preds b team because you got ryan hartman on there kevin fiala was on there for a little bit i forgot freddie goudreau was on the wild now yeah and then you look at this team and we're t- it's kind of like you were talking with the islanders they play almost what's considered a unique style of play now well, as we see the league go into speed and skill, it kind of seems like the Wild have kind of went reverse, and they're going for the big body forwards, the the you know completing your checks constantly, no matter what what it was. You know, they were talking about this last night, and uh, PK Subin was talking about as a defenseman, he was always taught 
finish your check, no matter what it is. If you win for the check, finish your check. And it looks like that's what uh, the Wild are going to be doing this entire series. Is they're going to be finishing the check, and they're going to basically try to stomp this team to death and progress into the second round. You know, it is interesting because I have always been a proponent of that. Give me that 95 bloodbath with Chicago. I'm sorry, with Detroit in Colorado. I love that brutality of hockey. So it's interesting to put us in a position where we're almost kind of resenting this. But I think it's from the perspective of these hits are like sucker punches. They're like cross checks to the neck when I can't behind my back. It's not like we're going to do a man on man. uh, We're going to beat each other in the face. We're going to fight. It's just like it's just like sucker punching people. And that's what we don't want to see because that's how people get injured. Nobody gets career injured from just doing a fist fight. It's always this kind of crap. Yeah, There's a total difference between dirty plays and physicality. Like most of the game last night, the Wild were playing physical. But unfortunately, part of that is like once you get caught up in that physical nature, then there are certain players that tend to take it a little further and dumb up has a history of that too. Like there's other players around the league that we know about that tend to do this. Um, and that was 100% a dirty hit. I mean, like to your point, he wasn't even looking. He, I mean, you, you literally just blindsided somebody, upended them with your elbow to the face and there's nothing they could do. They didn't see it coming. And then on top of it, his head hit the ice at the end. Yeah. Like, and then Dumbo was in the penalty box smirking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it's, no, that makes it, me mad. Yeah, I, 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 it just is what it is. That's something you don't want to see. Like I said, I'm all for the physicality because that game was great. It had a bunch of juice. It had a bunch of fights early on in the game, too. Like, they were just chippy. I like that. I'm okay with that. But, yeah, seeing, seeing a hit like that, man, and it was rough. And it's one of your veterans who has been very much contributing so I mean, this it does factor in, you know, because I picked Dallas. I picked Dallas in six. I don't know what you picked. Did you? Dallas in five. Dallas in five. Dallas in six and six. Dallas in five now is looking a little bit on the fence now with with Pavelski out. So, and going back to that, I think Dallas has the huge edge with Ottinger too. Ottinger's just way better as far as the goalie concerned, but um, and their power play is smoking hot. So like. I, I don't know. It, it it was just sad to see that well you know, the game pretty much got decided based on shorthandedness and then eventually like, you know, the Wild got a very lucky bounce. Very lucky bounce at the end. I don't know if you saw the Hartman goal, but no. literally like bounce off the stage and like he was just there unblocked. So like good for him. Um, but at the same time too, like I, I think Dallas will eke it out in the series, but this is going to be a physical series. Neither one of these teams are going to advance in the next round, mark my word, because they're going to be so broken after this series that they're going to have no juice. Yeah, that definitely is a factor, honestly. I, I was thinking about that last night. I'm like, they're already in double over T, uh, OT, and yes. they've had like concussions, and it's been like wildly shorthanded. There's like multiple players that hit like 40 minutes of ice time last night. Yeah. Game one. I'm like, this is game one. So, and the winner's probably going to get Colorado. So, sorry guys, but uh, it it was good while it lasted. I can already see the writing on the wall on this section of the bracket. So, so we'll move on now to the bottom of the West, which is Vegas versus Winnipeg. And I kind of think we're all in the same agreement. Matt may have picked differently here. I said Vegas is going to take it in five. 
because I don't think um, Connor Hellbuck and Big Save Dave are going to be able to stop Petrangelo and Stevenson and the Knights as a whole are just going to take it. I think the Jets squeaked in, and I think they're just going to squeak out too. That's kind of all I got on it. Be like Matt, just don't like the Jets. <laughs> so Matt, we'll start with you. Who did you pick on this series? Well, Kyle, I'm taking my boy, the Vegas Knights, with Johnny Quick in four-game sweep, buddy. Let's go. That's a bold assumption, four games. Four-game sweep. Four-game sweep. All right. So what did you pick, Kyle? Did you already say? Yep. All I right. said uh, Vegas. Vegas in five. All right. So I'm going super bold on this one for y'all. Uh, I did Winnipeg in seven. So, what? Um, Wild card. So I will say this. There for a bit, Winnipeg did struggle, and they got knocked down to that wild card spot. But the last about ten games of the regular season, they were pretty hot. They were the the thing is the Preds couldn't keep up with them because they kept winning, and they were winning against decent teams too. Um, the X factor, Hellebrook. That's all it is. Um, I feel like they got decent production, and then I think Hellebrook is going to be the X factor in the series because I think his goaltending will shine a little better than everybody else. He's been their workhorse, by the way. Him and Saros are like the two players that had the most games played this year, by the way. Uh, they're just going to keep riding him. So, seven. I like, I like the theory. It's a bold one. It's bold. Wild card team. And I said the thing about Johnny Quick, I don't even think he's their main goalie right now. It's just, I like that veteran. You know, they've been doing goalies wrong lately, and I'm going I'm to ride that veteran leadership, even oh, if he's not on the ice. The other bracket, I have Vegas winning, and like I said, and and uh, the Kings winning because of that matchup. So. Okay. But the official one, I have uh, Winnipeg in seven for an upset. So I needed to be slightly different. I knew, some, I knew you guys were going to pick Vegas. So, Well, then what about Edmonton versus LA? I picked uh, Edmonton to win in seven. And um, do we join hands, Matt? That's right, Kyle. We're going to hold hands, buddy. Fantastic. And Daniel, I know you watched this game last night too a little bit. Drysaddle got the opening goal, opening goal, and I was like, man, here we go. Uh, McDavid was doing good. I heard some people say they thought he played terrible last night, but man, can you not believe it? Oilers go in there with a 3-1 lead in the third in the last eight minutes, gave up two goals, and then lost it in OT, and it's like, oh my goodness. This is just infuriating, because I'm like, come on, McDavid. You are a generational talent. Do not let this happen to you again. Do not become a perennial Toronto Maple Leaf story. Last night was not McDavid's fault. A lot of that was on the refs. I'm sorry. Now, one of the goals in the third, that second goal for the Kings, great goal. Um, it was just, you know, right off the, the face off there. What was it? Kopitar just snipes it. Um, they get a penalty called. They pull the goalie. It's six on four. Unfortunate. Then they get another penalty call which was a little kind of whatever. There was probably a dive involved too, you know, whatever. Um, Then they immediately score, and that ends the game. And Oilers fans were ticked. I picked uh, Edmonton in six, by the way. Um, But the one thing that has plagued this team for whatever reason is getting scored on or, like, their goaltending. This year, their defense has been a lot better since they acquired Ekholm. Actually, going into the playoffs, they were one of the hottest teams. They were hotter than the Bruins. They were like 16-0-1 or 16-1 um, since coming in to the playoffs or since the trade deadline. So, hottest team coming in. But, once again, kind of unfortunate. 
kind of slows down a little bit, changes a little bit in playoffs uh, than the regular season. Um, but still have them advancing. It was just last night was kind of unfortunate, and the refs did weigh heavy on the game. Very heavy on the game. I think Matt picked L.A. No. Oh. No. No. He had to pick Edmonton. I got Edmonton. Uh, I, and I and we alluded to how Crosby and Ovechkin are out. You, you kind of want to crown the new king. And I want to see McDavid take the throne because we've been talking about he is the heir apparent. You know, he's, he's the new kid. We want to see him take the throne or else he's just wasting his years. His prime years are being wasted in Edmonton. So they can at least give him one cup. I want to see that happen so we can start those new storylines to get our new hero going. Um, I don't know that they'll be able to do it, but I like the idea of it. And and of all the matchups, this is one of those that like I've got my ticket punched. I'm watching all the games. It's a little bit tough because it's West Coast, but um, very excited to see what happens in this matchup because the Kings kind of have my story again about uh, kind of squeaking in here, you know. A little bit. I want to see some resurgence from the old. I want to see they haven't been hot in a couple of years. I want to see them do good. But I think Edmonton's going to edge out and seems to be we all agree. All right. So now that we've varied a little bit in our brackets, so Kyle, do you want to run through all your picks really quick, like second round up into the conference final and your final pick so we can just pick you apart here? Sure, I can do it real quick. So I've got second round being in the east of Boston and Toronto. Then I've got Carolina and New York. My Eastern Conference final is going to be Boston versus New York with like New that. York advancing to the Stanley Cup final. Wow, what a bold, bold choice. That is a bold pick. One. In okay. the West, I've got Colorado and Dallas and Vegas and Edmonton in the second round. Then I've got Dallas versus Edmonton Ooh. for my Western Conference final. And then I've got the Oilers uh, in the Stanley Cup final against the Rangers in the East. And I pick the Rangers to be the Stanley Cup champion. Okay. It's a it's a bold now, choice. I, I do like some of your choices this year. I now I will say Dallas. That one's gonna be a little sus now on the on the fence because with Pavelski being out and then on top of it, like they're gonna be banged up before going against Colorado. Colorado's gonna smoke whoever comes out of that C two C three spot. So I, I like the idea, Kyle. You've got no first seeds. Yeah. He went full send this year. Well, you got let's see in the finals. You got a two seed, a two seed, a three seed, and a one seed. I like picking the underdogs. Yeah, this is a good, I, I like it because it's, a good it's like a temptation to pick Boston because they're the best team of all time, and that's what every sixty percent of every bracket is probably going to have Boston winning, and that never wins because the President's Trophy hasn't won in I think ten or twelve years or something. Uh, they're the easy pick. I like that you took something yeah. different. Yeah, this is a good bracket. I like it. I like it. What about you, Matt? What's your bracket look like? Well, I got to tell you, Kyle, in the uh, in the West, we got Colorado and Dallas, and we got Edmonton and Vegas. I got – I'm just going to go ahead and tell oh, you. Baby. We got Edmonton coming out at the bottom bracket, facing off against Colorado. the Giant Slayers, Dallas freaking stars, <laughs> riding Jake freaking Robertson train. My boy. Y'all are smoking it so hard right now because, like, now Pavelski's injured, and they're going to be beat up in that series. Well, good thing we can uh, change our bracket. <laughs> <laughs> you got 23 hours, baby. Yeah, but. sidebar, I think we all have decided we don't like the bracket change idea because primarily that reason, reason right there. Yes. Belsky being injured, oh, now I can just change my bracket. That's I, It's like an illegal move. <laughs> I don't like it. Even though yesterday, uh, last year I did it, I think I've changed my mind. I don't like it. 
Uh, but yeah, I've got the Jake Robinson train. I know that is a wild pick, but I got to pick. I can't pick a one seed all the time. I got to pick an upset somewhere. I think Colorado might get shut down a little bit. Dallas is almost a wild card. I like them. I like, I like their talent. We'll see where it goes, but I got them going to the finals. Against you got them going to the finals, to the finals, buddy. So they're gonna, So Dallas is going to upset the Oilers, Colorado, and the Oilers. Yep. Okay. okay. All right. And what's your West? Right. What, sorry. What's your East? In the East, I got a brutal matchup of Tampa Bay and Boston. I'm giving it to Boston boys. Yeah. Uh, they're just too deep. They're just too deep. That's what it is. And yeah, they're the best team. At blah blah blah. I'm not going to say they're the best team of all time, but they have too much depth. They have the best goalie in the league, and they have too much of depth of scoring. They're not reliant on one line like I think he's the best like goalie in the league. I'm, I'm sorry, like uh, like how t- uh, Toronto does. I think he is the best goalie in the league right now, Olmark. Um, so I think I've got he's the he's. I I would say that your team is the best team in the depth team of the league, yeah, and that's why. I, would, I, I think that's definitely true. It remains to be seen if he's the best, because we talked about he's got the best save percentage and blah, 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 but he's got the as best I mentioned, team. if you have great defense, that limits the scoring chances to low-quality, dangerous scoring chances from like the point and outside areas, which means they're not likely to get through to a goal, so you're automatically going to have a higher save percentage. But whatever it is, I think the juice is flowing from the top of the lineup down yeah, to the bottom. It is. I got Boston. Got down to the bottom. You got Jersey and Carolina, a freaking powerhouse matchup. I can't wait to see. I got Jersey. Same reasons. I'm going depth this year. I think Jersey's got it. And I've got Boston going up in the finals against Dallas. And it's going to be the Boston freaking Bruins. They're going to be the first President's Trophy winner in seven years to make it past the second round. And the President's Trophy winner is due a Stanley Cup, Kyle. It's going to happen this year. Let's freaking go. So you went with a 60%. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're telling me. And I wasn't discrediting line. Like, I think he's had an incredible year. He's he's like the third best goalie, according to like all the metrics. He's no he's no Soros, am I right? No, or Sorokin. I mean, even just the stat that I sent the other day. What was that stat that I had with um Steels? That was an incredible stat. Because um I think Soros and Sorokin were one and two on that correct they were yeah and linus wasn't on there like i can find it yeah uh i don't know sorry gibson was two that's because his team truly is bad i mean it was real 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 bad but uh soros actually had 10 games stolen which equates to like almost 20 points which blows my mind so yeah i'm not going to discredit anything uh from linus I, i think he's fantastic but I do think it is a little overblown this year. So, um, for me, let's go back over. Let's just get this over with because we we already know my feelings on the second round matchup with Colorado and uh, what would be the Dallas Stars. Um, the Avs are definitely going to win that one just because I think they're going to be too beat up and that is proving in real time as Pavelski is now out. Um, I had Winnipeg advancing, which was definitely more of a you know, riskier pick. And then Edmonton, I have Edmonton advancing past that, so my conference final will be Avalanche and the Oilers, which that, you can sign me up for that right now because that will be be an incredible conference final. Um, Out of that, I'm picking the Oilers to go to the finals. Going to crown a new champ this year? I'm going to just put them into the finals because I... 
I wanted kind of like a little bit of a wild card this year. Um, I do think the Landeskog injury will factor in a bit for Colorado as far as their depth because he's, I mean, a huge key piece of that team. Um, so let's go back over to the East where I had way harder time trying to figure out the bracket. Um, so my second round matchup would be Boston and Tampa Bay. Um, sorry, it's Boston. Like I got to go with Boston. Like as much as I love Tampa Bay and that veteran experience in the playoffs and they got it, as Matt said, one of the best teams we've ever seen. Um, they got to still win the cup to, <laughs> to hang that title up at the end of the year as the best team ever. But, um, they are truly stacked this year, so I do think they knocked the champs off there. Um, then down in my uh, south side of the bracket here, man, I have the Islanders and the Rangers, which is two picks, I think, against y'alls. So totally different um, bracket matchup for me. I picked the Rangers. They are smoking right now. Um, yeah, so like Kyle and I do had a little thing going on with the Rangers. So I have the Rangers in Boston in the conference final on the Eastern side with Boston winning and going to the cup. Let's go. Uh, they're just too depth. They're too deep. I think that will be the team that will finally be able to shut down a lot of the Rangers offense because the, they have such a great defensive core and they keep, they limit, basically they limit the teams to the low danger. Yeah. They have a really good system. So good at that. They know how to do it. They've been doing it consistently all year. Even though New York's a juggernaut right now offensively, I think that's where they get shut down. They go to Boston. Um, this was kind of a toss-up for me because I wanted to pick Boston, but guess what? I'm picking the Oilers to win it all Old this Glory year. Glory McDavid. We all three full, have different people winning. I went all full sin. I want to see the bar go to someone else. I couldn't pick the easy pick as much as I wanted to. Like I said, there's a there's a pretty good chance Boston's winning it all this year. I mean, I'm going to be f- very honest up front with you. They are stacked. Well, there's probably a 60% chance they don't win, too. So, But also at the same time, too, maybe an injury happens. You never know. I, you really never know in the playoffs. But that said, I have the Oilers beating Boston in the final. So that all three of us have picked a different uh, champion this year, which I love, and I think all the brackets are very good. We all have like kind of like our own little, like kind of like spicy picks. Um, so we all have like a little bit of an underdog we're trying to ride. Yeah, too. I, I think Kyle and I though have really go gone full send though. I mean, because he has Oilers and the Rangers in the final. That's that's pretty full send. Um, I did get Boston in the final, but the first half of my. Eastern bracket is totally different than y'all's where I have Carolina losing and New Jersey losing. So that's where I would be able to make up some points if that does happen. But definitely a fun bracket. I feel like this year uh, was definitely one of the more fun brackets to put together just because I didn't have the Preds. I didn't have anything to go for. So just, you know, full send. What's your favorite matchup out of the first round, you you think? Um. Uh, if mm, can we pick one from the east and one from the west? Sure. Okay, west, Oilers and Kings. Yeah, uh, same for me too. Oilers was, and Kings. That was that was the easiest one, just because there wasn't really any juicy matchups in the first round. Like I said, I'd, I'm waiting more to the second round for the west. Um, for the east, man, I've gone back and forth on this one. I I, I 
I was pretty excited about New Jersey and New York because that's the battle of like, you know, New York kind of. Um, they're really close to each other. I mean, like, what what is that? Within miles? Yeah. I mean, it's literally like across the... Yeah, the, I think they have a name for it, but yeah. Yeah, the tribe, whatever, because it's like, what, them and the Islanders. Um, so I, I, I'd lean towards that, but I got to go with Tampa Bay, Toronto, just because I want to see <laughs> Toronto lose in game seven again in the first round. Yeah, that's the game I'm most interested for in the East. I like that matchup, but it's really hard to look at two blue and white teams on the ice. I get confused. Yeah, but we've been seeing it the last couple. Yeah, it's always the lightning win. So I mean, just yep. is what it is. So I think I'm happy with. I'm I'm excited for any of the four for out of the East. Uh, by the way, both games are two nil right now. Rangers are up in the second, and the Lightning are up against the Leafs two nil. Let's go. Let's go, Kyle. Well, I will say this. If you listen to this episode and you're like, man, I really want to root for a team that has a predator in the playoffs, so I kind of feel like I'm paying some paying some homage to my, you know, homage, you know, homage, homage, however you want to say it, allegiance to the predators. Here we go. We'll say it that way. Allegiance to the predators team. You've got Ryan Suter in the Dallas Stars. You got Matthias Ekholm playing for the Oilers. Nick Cousins playing for the Florida Panthers. Patrick Hornquist, Victor Arvinson, and Kevin Fiala are playing for the Kings. Freddie Goudreau and Ryan Hartman are playing for the Wild. Eric Hall is playing for the Devils. L.A. Tolvanen is playing for the Kraken. Tanner Janot is with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Cal Yarncroke, which I didn't realize was for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Nita Niederreiter and David Riddick are with the Winnipeg Jets. So if you don't have a team to root for, there you go. I gave you several teams you can root for, and so you won't feel bad about it. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking about that today because like, I was watching the matchup last night, and it was very weird seeing Arvidsson play against Ekholm <laughs> on on two totally different teams. And, oh, by the way, Fiala's still injured, by the way. Um, so that could be an X factor for the Kings if he does get back in the first round series or not. So just want to throw that out there. I think he's day-to-day right now. And, guys, that's the show for today. If you like us, you can find us at Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. You can find us on Twitter at Music City Gold. And you can also find us on YouTube. Enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs. Until next time, we will see you on the ice. You've been listening to Music City Gold on the Penalty Box Radio Network. We'd love to interact with you on Twitter. The show can be found at Music City Gold. You can find Kyle at Kyle Hancock, Daniel at Steve Dan Drum, and Matt at MattBain31. Past episodes of the show can be found by subscribing to Music City Gold or Penalty Box Radio on iTunes or at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the ice.